Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, and it's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks to talk about financial and estate planning, travel, hobbies, and so much more. Whether you are planning for retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, as we know, market volatility is often unsettling for investors. Many investors question their strategy, wonder if they're doing what's best for their portfolio. Uh, to emotionally handle market volatility, some stray to convictions that may not always prove to be the best strategy. For example, there's an old stock market adage, and even I remember this one, uh, we often hear around this time of year, actually, which is, sell in May and go away. What's your take on that particular adage? We get a few questions every year about sell in May. I often do a CKNW radio show on it as well, just because it comes up. And it's definitely not foolproof. Let's put it that way. Most of the time, most of those months during May to October do move higher. The one that actually kind of stands out is September in history has just been one that doesn't do as well. But usually markets are still moving up uh, during that time, but it really depends on what's going on out there in the world. I think back to COVID, for example, 2020 was a perfect example of sell in May and go away would have been the polar opposite of what you should have done, even though people wanted to run for the hills. The market basically went straight up from May for you know a year and a half. So you would have missed out a lot if you just listened to your gut feeling or followed the sell in May strategy. So again, why we focus and what we're talking about today is active management, why it's so important is because you're not making these great predictions. We're able to look at current economic data, trends, earnings releases, look at where we are in the market cycle and, and making insightful decisions instead of this kind of idea of, you know, sell in May and go away. If I did that every May for the last 22 <laughs> years, I, I probably would have been, you know, shoot myself in the foot a lot of times. So, you, so definitely there's... You would have been fired <laughs> is what would happen. Yeah. There, there's a lot more going on in the world than, uh, than the seasons, let's say that. Yes. So, yeah. So, you know, it's important to look at what's going on in the world, understand that seasonally, maybe it's slower sometimes but maybe it's not. So that uh, the 50-50 chance is not a good thing to rely on. It's a phrase that kind of harkens back to a simpler time, as they say. You know, back in the old days, you could go away and blah, blah, blah. These days, my God, I you know, with the volatility and the all of the stuff that's going on around us, I can't imagine uh, turning your back in May and, and not checking until September. That would be crazy. Yeah. Interesting that you say that because that probably has some weight on it too, because before we had access to markets and, you know, computers and cell phones and all this stuff, when you did go away, the markets did slow down probably in July and August. But, yeah. you know, yeah. realistically, uh, people can work from anywhere. People are looking at their stocks every day. Some people, or at least the financial advisors are, you know, and making decisions based on what's going on out there. So it, it has a lot less relevance today than it probably did, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, no doubt. Well, if you haven't figured it out, this week on Ready, Set, Retire, we're going to discuss the benefits of active management, especially when there is uncertainty in the markets. We're going to talk about the strategies that Lori and her team use to manage risk when the market is volatile. We'll also give you some tips on how to handle market uncertainty as an investor. 
So, how does having an active strategy benefit investors during volatile times? I think it's a good time to talk about it right now as markets have been a little calmer, dare I say, as of late. And um, it's a good idea to have a strategy and have a plan in place for when things do get volatile again, because we know that they will. So, you know, many times investors get spooked and really start to question their long-term investment strategy when markets are volatile. And it's especially true for investors who don't have that kind of idea to stay long-term. They're looking at six months out or one, one year out. And when you think as an investor, even as you go into retirement, say at 60, 65, you're really investing for the next 30 years probably. And again, no one knows how long you're going to live, but it's important to look at that long-term. And the problem with volatility, John, is, is a lot of investors end up making the wrong decision at the very wrong time. So their gut tells them the world's coming to an end, they need to sell out, and it is literally the bottom of the market. And I can't tell you, you know, how many times I've, I've seen that. And so the idea of sell and may and go away is another example of that. Um, you can't rely on that as an investment strategy. And so by, you know, investors kind of panicking, getting in, getting out on their own, because they almost feel like they have to sometimes if it is more of a buy and hold strategy, because they don't feel anyone's doing anything. They're not trying to protect them. So then they sometimes have an idea that they need to protect themselves and raise cash at, of course, the, the very wrong time. So a lot of people come to us who have been in that situation with other advisors. And why is because we're active managers. So by the time people are thinking of raising cash, we've already raised cash. So they can look at their account online and see, oh, okay, I've got 20 to 30% cash in my account. They've reduced my equity exposure already. I don't need to panic. They know what's going on. And we're not just looking at uh, markets quarterly or semi-annually adjusting things. We're looking at it daily, John. I can't tell you how on top of the data we are in order to make those decisions. And so what we don't believe in, what I never have is that buy and hold strategy that set it and forget it. And the world changes. You got to change with it. And uh, that's not, you know, that's so true, it, not just in history, but if you look at the last five years, what we've gone through in markets and in the world and what we're dealing with today. And so you always have to have a plan and be able to act quickly, which I just think that uh, unfortunately, there's just not a, a lot of real active managers in the industry. And you have to make sure that you have a plan to sell when needed, raise cash. And then we'll talk more about that later on in the show. Just go back to the sell in May and go away thing. Today, when you look at it, it just seems so terribly quaint when you put it up against the fact that people are using artificial intelligence to, in not even the blink of an eye, faster than a blink of an eye, to jump into the market and make trades and get out again. I mean, it's done at a level that I can't even begin to comprehend. So the idea of going, ah, okay, I'm out of here for four or five months just doesn't work anymore. No. And the problem with making a decision to get all out of the market because of something that could potentially happen in the future is, is that many will never get back in. Yeah. I once had a prospect call me and he had sold out in 2009 and never got back in. It was 2021. Wow. I mean, he, you think about the amount of years he missed in returns because he was waiting for that huge crash. Well, that was the crash that he sold out in. Yeah. That was 2008, 2009. And so, 
that's the problem when investors uh, are trying to make decisions on their own yeah. instead of leading on professionals who've been doing this for years and years and years. Because sometimes there's a reason to raise some cash, but often you have to keep some, as they say, skin in the game so that when the market recovers, you're participating with that, opposed to you panicking and selling at a low, trying to get back in when the markets are recovering. It's just like uh, you may always be at the wrong side of the trade. So leading on a professional team is good. But also having one that's actively managing it for you. So you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You talked earlier about uh, passive strategies. So, what are some of the disadvantages of investing in passive investments like, uh, let's say, mutual funds? Yeah. You know, I mean, you and I have talked a lot about mutual funds over our years, and all funds aren't bad, but many don't do what you think they're doing. So, that's the problem. It all depends on the management and the company and all that kind of stuff. We don't use a lot of mutual funds only for bonds, really. A lot of mutual funds apply a more buy and hold approach. And a lot of them, the concern is, is they, they can only hold 10% cash. So even if they see the markets are uncertain and things are moving lower, you think the fund manager is making changes? Well, they're not really. They believe in most of them, not all. Again, staying invested is what they are paid to do. But in reality, you should be paid sometimes to not be invested, if you know what I mean. Holding some cash, some powder dry. And that is one of the issues that I see a lot with portfolios that are 100% of mutual funds that come to us. And also sometimes it's hard to figure out what you're actually in, the transparency of some of these mutual fund portfolios. I mean, we're, we're figuring it out for people doing the analysis, but most people would have no idea how much they have in any sector, whether it's technology or mining or energy. You might be overweight in energy and it's coming down and you just have no idea. And you shouldn't really be watching this. So then you think you have a financial advisor who's watching all the mutual funds for you. But really, a lot of those fund sales guys, as I, I would call them, really aren't looking at the markets that much. They're just kind of putting you in a set it and forget it type portfolio. And so you're kind of a sitting duck is the problem. And so it's important to, again, either have a financial advisor who is active or a portfolio manager who's active, who's going to make quick decisions for you because markets change all the time. Well, as opposed to those fund sales guys, uh, what are some of the actions that an active manager would take? Yeah. So as I talked about raising cash, it's a big one. It allows us, for example, and, and others who practice active management, their style might be different, but raising cash is, is one of those things. So if there's a larger market decline, initially when markets are declining, raising some cash so we have some powder dry in order to take advantage of those opportunities that eventually will show up. Shifting into defensive sectors and shifting into cyclical ones when necessary. So again, this is like growth versus value type areas. And there's a time to be heavily weighted in one versus the other. And I think that's also important. So for example, consumer staples are considered defensive because they obviously tend to maintain more price stability in a volatile market or even a recession. So we started moving a lot to staples, utilities, those type of recessionary type stocks last December and even January of this year. And they've done really well when you think of like McDonald's and Coca-Cola, some of these names. And again, trimming positions that have grown are expected to move out of favor. So taking profits is another big one that we look at. It doesn't mean having to sell a, a whole position when it's up. It, we could just be trimming it back because it's unusual, for example, for McDonald's to move the way it did. So taking some profit off the table helps with the overall return. 
And again, managing downside risk. We're not going to pick 100% right stocks. If we did, then uh, I'd probably be, well, <laughs> again, retired uh, somewhere living on a beach. But no, the, the point is, is that good portfolio managers pick right 70% of the time. And so it's what you do with the ideas that, you know, those positions you put in a portfolio that all of a sudden start coming down. The sector starts coming down. They report surprisingly bad earnings. Whatever it might be, you can do as much due diligence and research as you can. But at the end of the day, it's what you do about those stocks that are moving lower. And so for us, we use stop losses to a certain extent to kind of give us the idea to start reviewing that position and whether we should be holding it, selling it, that sort of thing. And from there, we make a decision. So often people will see in our portfolios, we're holding on to the winners, trimming them, but we're selling the losers. And so that sometimes confuses people at the beginning, but that's what you should be doing. Often people are doing the opposite. They're holding on to their losers because they don't want to feel bad about picking a stock that's gone down and they sell their stocks that are going up completely because it makes them feel good inside, warm and fuzzy. But this is about portfolio management. And so you want to be holding on to those ideas that have done well and continue to get stronger, increase their dividends, increase revenue, and maybe get rid of some of those stocks that are, are underperforming. And that's what active management is all about. Well, it's interesting because uh, everything that you've just said not to do is kind of what I used to do. So that's why <laughs> I put everything in your hands and said, here, you do it because I can't handle this, can't do this. So for those folks who are still, uh, and, and a lot of people do, manage their own investments, what advice do you have for people to try to cope with the ups and downs in their own portfolios? Yeah, I think, you know, whether you're doing it yourself or you've got a financial advisor, just remember that even though this bear market, even the one we're in, has been going on and on and on, they come to an end and then there's a bull market and everyone's happy again. It's just the way the world works. You know, it's important to remember that these kind of declines create opportunities and you want to be taking advantage of that. And so selling too much at a time like this to crystallize losses or panic with everybody else last September, October, or last June, 2022, that's not when you want to start changing your investment plan or your risk tolerance. Uh, I think that's important. And so also try not to trade on your gut feeling. I think that's important too. Really? Yeah, I can't tell you that how many people have called over the years and, you know, I just, I think the market is going lower. Okay, well, why do you think that? Well, because everything that's going on in the world, I'm like, yeah, but it's probably priced into the market already, right? There's a whole lot of things that go along with this. Yeah. I think I've talked about this before. We had a client that wanted to sell out a portfolio because Trump was elected. And so with that being said, after he was initially elected, the markets moved higher, not lower. And so I think we saved her three, four $400,000 in taxes by not telling her oh not to gosh. sell. Um, Trump's been elected, sell everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, wow. And again, don't panic and, and check your online access daily. I think that's also important for investors. You know, obsessing about the dollar value of your portfolio on a day-to-day -day basis is no good for you and probably your mental health. So, you know, hire a good team and let them deal with it. And you can focus on life, family, your career, retirement, whatever it is that floats your boat. But you don't need to be fixated on uh, the portfolio values. It's just like your home that you live in. You don't know what it's trading at today. Nobody does. But you don't stress about it because you're living in the home. 
Uh, just like I don't stress about Coca-Cola and McDonald's and Microsoft and all these great names we own in the portfolio because they're good companies and we'll make decisions if, you know, a company isn't doing as well as we want it to so that you don't have to. And I think that's also important. Well, it's funny you talk about gut feelings because, uh, as, as you know, and I've talked about a lot uh, when I was on the radio about mental health issues and and anxiety being one of them. So for most of my adult life, my gut feeling has been one of anxiety. So don't put me in charge of money. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You don't you don't want to be looking at, at at things on a daily basis. No. If you, you know you are one that tends to worry, and and you know whether it's mental health or just some people are worriers. And, you know, there's varying degrees of anxiety. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, there's others that don't worry about the day-to-day or life. And so everybody's different. So I try to really hone in on how that person works in those initial meetings to see, you know, how they're going to be in terms of the portfolio, their anxieties, the markets, all that kind of stuff. These days, we get so much news about the markets from the internet. It's all over the place. So how does having an active strategy account for that? Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, the internet is full of many insightful sometimes and interesting opinions and some are credible and some are not and that's important when you're looking at information that you know you can really find an opinion on anything to support whatever it is you're thinking just like when you become dr google and you have a health issue you're googling all the different symptoms you know there's 45 different diseases that will come up to support that you have a problem and then you actually go to the real doctor and he says you have no issues at all so i think that's the same with investing and information out there not everything you read is accurate And not all the opinions are going to be relevant because some of those people that are providing opinions have never and will never manage money. So they have no accountability in terms of what they're throwing on the Internet. And so you have to be careful and make sure that you're not looking at one newsletter writer and just thinking that he's got God's word or something. So we have to always be on the lookout for further signs in terms of markets. And we're looking at trends and the trajectory of what we think is going to happen in markets. That's our job to do that and then look for the opportunities as well. So I think it is important to do some research if you if you feel inclined, but be careful of where you're taking your information from. That's good advice for consuming the news, generally speaking, I think. I've often said exactly the same thing, that if you have a particular opinion, no matter how wild and far out it might be and how off on the fringes it might be, there is someone else on the planet who's probably got a website that will back you up. And there you go. So it's the truth, because now two of us think the same way. And that's just not how the world works. Anything you could imagine you can find on the internet, but it doesn't mean that it's applicable to everyday life. Yeah. Or your situation even, right? I mean, they they don't know who you are and what's going on in your investment time horizon or your family or your cash flow needs where your financial team will understand that and can make qualified decisions for you and your portfolio. So what are some of the things that investors need to keep in mind to improve their uh, chances of investing successfully? As I was talking about looking for opportunities, market swings, create stocks or sectors to move and looking for high quality companies that have been hit. We added to utilities, for example, in January. I mean, People need to turn the lights on no matter what's going on out there. And so having exposure to some of those high dividend payers was a good idea. Be clear about your long-term goals and the types of investments you own. You know, people often talk about GICs that pay 4 to 5% now. 
you know, that's great, but it won't last forever. And also it's interest bearing. So it's not great in non-registered accounts. So you want to make sure that when you're thinking about your portfolio, again, doing it from a long-term perspective and stay the course and just allow the portfolios to be actively managed. And if you are in some sort of mutual fund situation, you've got a portfolio of over 500,000, it's probably not right for you. So there's always a cheaper, more transparent, better managed way to manage your portfolio than just a mutual fund. So Having a financial plan, we've talked about that a lot. Having a roadmap, uh, it's going to make it easier for you to stick to your long-term goals. And then stay calm and carry on. Like I said, the world moves forward. The world has gotten over everything in history. When you think of World War II and you think of the Russian missile crisis, I mean, you think of North Korea, South Korea, the Soviet Union, 9-11. There's so many things that have made things uncertain. But if you look at a long-term chart of the stock market, it has always moved higher. So we will get through this as well, just like anything else. And again, you can take advantage of these times. And because I've been doing this for so long, that's what I'm looking for is, again, the opportunities when people are selling, even though we have some cash, we're looking at, okay, right away, what should we be buying? What is going to do well coming out of this situation? Because that's not maybe what did well coming into the situation. So, you know, this bear market, for example, has been going on for over a year now. And in history, most bear markets are a year to two years. So we're definitely getting through this. And we're closer to the end than the beginning. I think that's important. And very rarely, John, are there two negative years in markets back to back. It's only happened four times in 100 years. So even if there's some uncertainty about recession and that kind of stuff in coming months, I still believe a new bull market will be born this year. And that's exciting because bull markets last longer than bear markets. And they go on for not just usually a year, but years. And so that's what we'll be looking for going forward. Still being cautious as we get through this and uh, looking forward to the other side. Well, I have been saying for, gosh, how long have we been doing either radio or audio together? 15? Since, yeah, 2009. So 14 years. 2009. So I've been saying for all these years that Lori Pinkowski is one of the very finest financial advisor, portfolio managers in Canada, and I have been backed up by no less than the Globe and Mail report on business that has put you as the 14th best female financial advisor in all of Canada. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I, it's nice to be recognized for the hard work that myself and my team do. It's definitely not just me here putting in the hours and the hard work. It's uh, definitely my entire team and the business I've created and the ethical and educated and experienced team that uh, I've created that has helped us to get to where we, we are today. So, so thanks so much. It is you who takes a laptop on vacation and yes. checks the markets on a daily basis, <laughs> even when you're on quote-unquote vacation. Like my husband says, it's not a vacation, it's a change of location. And so, <laughs> so yes, I love my uh, connection to the team. I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. So to me, sitting on a beach is no fun unless I've got my phone watching the markets. <laughs> <laughs> well, the market is constantly changing constantly. So it's important that we uh, put in the time to strategize and how we respond to different situations. And that's what you do. A diversified portfolio with active management and a defined risk management strategy should really help people through those tough times emotionally 
as well as being able to sleep at night, knowing your wealth is being looked after properly. So you want an investment strategy that's flexible, that can change, can change quickly if needed, with a big team being able to make quick decisions for you, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in the markets. When I look at a buy and hold versus active management, there is absolutely no comparison in, in my world. So that's why I've been actively managing portfolios since 2001 and will continue to do so. Do you have a quote for us to go out on? I do. People often say there's lots of uncertainty, but when was there ever certainty in the markets, the economy, or the future? <laughs> really? <laughs> I always say I always say when everything feels certain, we yeah. should be selling. Yes. <laughs> Head for the hills. When everything is. <laughs> <yes. laughs> exactly. Do the opposite. Uh, it's always a treat, always a pleasure to uh, talk with you and do uh, Ready, Set, Retire, and we'll do it again uh, in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, John. Great talking to you. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire. The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity's research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and IROC.